This is an ABC podcast. We're actually seeing people dying. We're actually seeing people coming in distress as a frontliner. Those who are coming in and respiratory distress are those who are not vaccinated. Those who are vaccinated and infected have a milder more symptoms than those who are not. Those who are not, we are struggling with so, a lot to resuscitate back. After I got the jab, I felt this big sense of relief that I was finally protected from the from COVID that's literally killing people all around the world. So I feel great. And there's no side effects and everyone feels like they're protected. I'd also encourage women to maybe think about holding off on falling pregnant until we get the COVID situation under control because we know that also pregnant women are getting COVID infection and the burden on the health system is quite big at the moment. So you want to time this thing, get yourself vaccinated. Up until recently, most women in the Pacific region didn't think of vaccination as a very controversial thing. As mothers, we've been happy to take our children to be vaccinated against childhood illnesses that in the past claimed many lives. Of course, there have been occasional debates and the usual difference of opinion. But even as recently as 2018, a polio vaccine initiative in Papua New Guinea saw an almost 100% uptake. But now, as the Pacific region feels the full force of the Delta outbreak of COVID-19 pandemic, in some countries, vaccine hesitancy is as high as it's ever been. This is despite overwhelming scientific evidence that vaccines are safe and effective. My home country of Papua New Guinea has some of the lowest vaccination rates in the world. This means COVID-19 infections are very high and the hospital system is overwhelmed. So, what's going on in PNG? And what impact is this having on women? I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about women and COVID-19 vaccine in the Pacific. When COVID vaccines became readily available in 2021, they were considered the most powerful weapon available to fight the spread of the virus. And most Pacific nations have been quick to embrace the science. In Fiji, more than 80% of the eligible population are fully vaccinated. And some experts say it's on track to reach 90%. Palau in Micronesia has more than 99% of the eligible population fully vaccinated, according to the Red Cross. But there are some countries that are lagging well behind. Like Papua New Guinea, it's one of the least vaccinated places in the world. The Reuters vaccine tracker shows that about 2% of the population is fully vaccinated. Let's compare this to Fiji. Fiji has faced a similar crisis as the Delta outbreak took hold in June 2021. Their daily infection rates were some of the highest per capita infection rates in the world. But people got vaccinated. And with that, those numbers dropped very quickly. So why is it so different in PNG? We're going to take a look at that on the show. But first, I want you to meet a couple of women from PNG and how they are bucking the trend. I got the vaccination because I wanted to be on the safe side because of my health. 
I don't want to end up getting COVID since it's been just going around like a wildfire. I'm still the same human being. My health is still the same. And I feel uh, only when I go around to the public places or shops, I do put my mask on. I feel, I feel, I feel good. I tell my family or my friends, it's just like uh, we give birth to newborn babies and we get BCG. It's just like that, you know, but these are for kids, but this is for adults as well. More awareness has to be done. You need to go out there to talk to them what the vaccine is all about. Both parents are still alive. They're in the early 60s, so they are individuals that are at high risk. So I thought more of them rather than myself. I was like, if I get vaccinated, I am protecting my family. I'm still young, so my immune system is, you know, active. For them, they get into a stage where they need to wind down. So I thought of them more as for myself. Two weeks ago, I got my parents vaccinated. <laughs> they both agreed. They said, yes. We'll go and get vaccinated. We are old. We need to, you know, see our grandchildren. So, yes, I want to get vaccinated. It'd be great to see more women like Michelle and Laurie trust the science and get vaccinated. But the main problem seems to be misinformation and rumors about the causes and symptoms of COVID and misinformation about the safety and effectiveness of the COVID vaccine. Unfortunately, this spreads quickly on social media. Let's go to Enga province in PNG where Dr. Rebecca Williams works. She says improving trust is key to getting more women vaccinated in PNG. I can speak only for Compiam in terms of vaccination amongst the female population. What we're seeing in general is that the people from a more urban community or more centralized area like in the station area surrounding Plumpium, they're a bit more resistant to um, getting vaccinated, probably most likely because they're getting a lot of conflicting information primarily from social media. But the further out we travel, like to our bush clinics and all of that, we're seeing that more people, both uh, men and women, are likely to get vaccinated. And I think that's because they trust us. They know that we're always going out them and that we have their best interest at heart. Also, they're not getting a lot of social media or false information, I guess. And in terms of like male to female, we're seeing about equal amounts out bush getting vaccinated. Okay, that's interesting, Dr. Williams. And what has been the impact on women in PNG of those um, very low vaccination rates? For women, what, and I guess it could also apply to the general population. We're seeing many of our facilities, district hospitals and all that being shut down or having their services limited. Women can't go in, especially for deliveries, because that's something that it just keeps going. You can't tell someone, oh, you're pregnant, to live at home. If they choose to come to a facility, then we have to see them. But if the facility is closed, then they end up having no choice in where they go to deliver. But overall, I'd say for the general population, both men and women. The COVID crisis has really burdened our health system. So it's very difficult for people with other illnesses to come in and get treated. If they come into the hospital, they're likely to get COVID infection as well. So that's really affected women and everyone else as well. So Dr. Williams, like you've mentioned before, one thing about misinformation is the use of social media 
and uh, our people are getting all kinds of information. And it's very confusing when a woman when a woman comes to you and is concerned about the safety of a vaccine. What is one important thing that you tell her that immediately gives some sort of trust that the information you're giving is correct and she can get vaccinated? The main thing that I've noticed is that people want to understand how the vaccine works in the body. With the misinformation that occurs, the thing that's quite difficult for people to understand is that there's some truth in that misinformation. My job is to bring out the truth and anything that's false, I'll separate those two. So the first thing I do is try to explain to them how exactly the vaccine works in their body, what our ingredients, if you like, are in the vaccines, the side effects of the vaccine, and then everything that I know is false, I will try to then tell them that this is the science, this is what's happening. So I just try to give them the basic information that they can understand and side effects and tell them, look, it's safe. And once I clear that up for them and they know me, they know that I've been seeing them over, you know, how many years, then they're more trustworthy of getting the vaccine, I guess. Exactly, yes. And some people are worried because they think the vaccine was developed more quickly than others. Uh, Can you help us uh, as somebody in the front lines and as a doctor yourself, can you help us understand why this wasn't the case? That's one of the concerns that's been raised about how quickly the vaccine was developed. And I think the other vaccines that we've had, probably polio or something, that took several years to develop. So how I explain it to the people that I see is that the coronavirus itself, it's a virus that's been known to, you know, science for many decades. It's the common flu virus. So we have all that data and information that's probably 30, 40 years old. And then when the outbreak happened in China, they actually coded the whole sequence for the virus. So we have the code for the virus previous to COVID. If someone or a country is trying to develop a vaccine, they'll code the virus and that intellectual property, it belongs to that country or to that particular organization. What happened in China was that they coded the virus and then they shared that information with everyone else in the world. So while the Chinese were working on a vaccine, someone in Australia, someone in Europe, they were also working on their own vaccine. There was sharing of information of the code for the virus, which made it easier for scientists to come up with different vaccines. The second thing was that we had a lot of funding being pumped to create the vaccine. Typically, to create one vaccine, it costs, you know, millions of US dollars, if not billions. So we had so much money being funded in by different organizations and countries and all that. So you had funding, you had all that background knowledge, you had the coding that was shared widely, and all of that resulted in the quick turnover of us creating multiple vaccines in by different countries. So that's the reason why we were able to get the vaccine so quickly. Dr. Williams, when a young woman comes to you to get vaccine, what does she tell you uh, and uh, what are uh, the reasons for getting vaccinated? We find that people don't come to us. We have to go out to them. There's a lot of hesitancy still because a lot of conflicting information and all that misinformation, like I mentioned. 
the reason why the people out bush are getting it is because they trust us. So we go out and give it to them. But we're mm. not getting a lot of people voluntarily coming in to get vaccinated. So it's really a push from our end to get the community vaccinated. And a lot of that depends on how much they trust us and how much truthful information yeah. we're giving to them. And Dr. Williams, you're a frontline um, health worker. You've worked with communities in uh, in rural areas of PNG, and you've seen a lot of this this information with vaccination and work in the community communities and the front lines. What's your message to women in PNG who are still thinking about getting vaccinated uh, again against this global pandemic? Yeah, it's a good idea to be vaccinated, mostly to protect yourself and your family, because we're seeing that children are also getting infected with the virus, maybe not to the level of severity that the older population are getting. But definitely, if you think of your parents or your grandparents at home, and if you're, you know, between the ages of 18 and 40 or something like that, it's wise to come in, get vaccinated. I'd also encourage women to maybe think about holding off on falling pregnant until we get the COVID situation under control, because we know that also pregnant women are getting COVID infection and the burden on the health system is quite big at the moment. So you want to time this thing, get yourself vaccinated, follow the new in and keep yourself, your family safe during this time. Dr. Rebecca Williams from Enga Province with a very clear message. Please get vaccinated. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. We reached out to you to get in touch with us to tell us about your experiences with the vaccine and Teresa got in touch. She's a health worker in Port Moresby. For me, getting vaccinated as a health worker, because of the work that I do going around and especially doing the awareness for COVID-19 in uh, workplaces and out in the public, getting vaccinated was an added value to my work. Like they say, you have to practice what you preach. So when somebody asks, the public asks, were you vaccinated? I can confidently say that, yes, I was vaccinated and give my experience about it. We went out in May and we came across a security guard. So we were about to give our awareness and he walked away because he didn't want to hear anything about COVID-19 or about the vaccination. After a few months, we went back again. And this time he was willing to listen. We talked to him. At the end of it, he said, thank you. I appreciate that. I may be thinking of getting the vaccination now. This is what I wanted. I wanted somebody to talk to me and explain things simply that I will understand what is the vaccine and what is COVID-19. So that was somebody, that was one of our success stories. That's health worker Teresa from Port Moresby. Fiona from Lake City caught COVID and was really sick. So she had a vaccination after she recovered. When I finally got better enough to speak to my family about COVID and its effects and, you know, vaccination, I found that there was a lot of misconception. And in in these areas, there's a different level of education and a different level of understanding as well. So you get those who, who don't know much in terms of vaccination or behind what they're seeing in social media. So they they start believing it. And what they do is then they put it all together and they make up stories and all of them start believing this idea of vaccination being bad and 
other people who add it on. And so it just becomes this, this thing that goes across the whole settlement area, people believing in things that there's no real facts or evidence behind it. That affected my family as well. I had to sit down with them and explain to them as a family unit how hard it would be if they didn't get vaccinated. Because mind you, just my mom and I are working full time and we end up having to look after everyone that They'll make it really hard for us. And my mom was already vaccinated before everyone else. That's a choice she made. But she couldn't She couldn't bring my other family members over the line. And so we went and we had a good discussion. And we were able to actually resolve a lot of their uncertainties and their fears and just explain to them also that it's not to say that they won't get sick because people do get sick after the vaccination, but it will be less of an impact because I, I actually had it really bad and they all witnessed it. So we, we were saying, you know, it would be a less of an impact if they, had it and then you know we won't be running around trying to help out 10 people honestly after that conversation everyone else went and got vaccinated like even my cousin who was just so scared because people were telling her stories she was just totally against it and when I went to speak to her and speak to the family she went with my brothers and they all got vaccinated that's Fiona from Lay. We're actually seeing people dying. We're actually seeing people coming in distress as a frontliner. Those who are coming in and respiratory distress are those who are not vaccinated. Those who are vaccinated and infected have a milder more symptoms than those who are not. Those who are not, we're struggling with a lot to resuscitate back. The issue of the misconception of you're dying because you're vaccinated is not true because that's not what I see on the front line. Get vaccinated, please. Make that choice. Sister Miriam Kay runs the Buimo Clinic in Lay City. She's especially worried for her community because people are not only refusing to get the vaccine, they are threatening violence. Threat to the healthcare workers is a very big concern right now. During a child immunization outreach program two weeks ago, the staff here got harassed while in the settlement trying to roll out with baby clinics. So we had to call up the immunization and bring the team back in. And we've started doing awarenesses from here, from the facility every morning, just to clear the misconception. It's just there's a lot of misconception going around. So it's going to take a while to try and fix whatever happening in the settlements and the villages right now. So it's another big struggle. Now, Sister Miriam, there was a protest, a no job, no no job policy protest in Lay City. How was that experience for yourself and your uh, frontline health workers in Buimo? We had gunshots on Friday. We had gunshots that were moving closer to the facility. There was panic everywhere. The care workers were in so much fear of their lives, all of us, me included. So we had to close the gate early, so... One of the things that we experienced, while we were closing the gate and in fear of our lives, we had three senior citizen guests before air standing at the gate. It was a dilemma for me, but I had to look past my fears and open the gate for them, call them all to come in and told all the staffs to get all hands on deck on the tree. We stabilized them in within an hour or so when they went home. So it's it's a big challenge when when everyone is afraid, everyone is angry, but those who are sick. And it's just us and them, you know, in the front line. But thank God it turned out right. Didn't get out of hand. And you mentioned that, you know, you have people supporting you as well. And there were patients who came to you, but they stood up for you. Can you share a bit more on that? I had a couple of mothers who live right at the back of the clinic. They were here that morning. 
And they told me to shut the gate. I rushed to the gate to shut the gate. They walked over to me and they told me. One was heavily pregnant. She came to the gate, stood in front of me, and she told me, and said, uh, Boss Mary, we are here. We're just standing here watching. So if anyone comes here, we'll be here to chase them away. So they, they stood with us outside the gate watching if anyone was going to come attack us, but no one came. And they went home after that. With all this hype happening, there's mothers and children who really um, appreciate the services that we give and who really came to support us during this time. So we really appreciate the mothers of Bonnie now I Block. And what impact is that having on women in particular who are trying to get vaccinated? The majority of the, the people that come in are, are males. Like I just had two senior citizens this morning. They wanted to get vaccinated, but they wanted to know more about the vaccine before they can get vaccinated because they're past their 60s. So I had a chat with them and, and they're happy. They said, and they've walked out to get vaccinated after the chat. So there's a lot of people who want to hear for themselves and who need us to move into the settlements and villages. But a very few are not making that possible for them, uh, creating so much fear with the healthcare workers and people. But what are women saying to you? Uh, what are the main barriers that are making them hesitant or hesitating in, to get the vaccine? I think it's lack of information. Say when I went to my village, the husbands uh, actually stopped them from getting vaccinated. I went a month back. I, I spoke to the mothers who were willing to come and take, but then the husbands were stopping them. This is from my own village and my own experience. The husbands were stopping them to, to come in to get vaccinated. So our cultural barriers are also there that's making life more difficult for healthcare workers. And uh, Sister Miriam, when a, wo- when a woman comes and gets a jab, what does she tell you about her reasons for getting vaccinated? Uh, some say... Um, I don't want to die. Some say I just need to protect myself. Some say because they want to get a job, so it's, it's compulsory, so they want. So they have their own reasons for coming. Um, I want to live to see my children grow up and, and, and things. I want to see my grandchildren. I don't want to die quickly, so things like that. Three years ago, when there was a polio outbreak, Papua New Guinea managed such a successful rollout of that vaccine. What, what is the difference now? Why, why are people hesitating with this vaccine? Polio vaccine has always been here, unlike the COVID vaccine. So a lot of people are saying, how come this disease this started and then all of a sudden you have a vaccine for it? I think the difference between the main difference is that because polio vaccine has always been here, so it wasn't uh, difficult to get convinced parents to get vaccinated. We also have people living with disabilities due to polio that they've seen so in Buimo, and you know, you mentioned before that your clinic looks after about fifteen thousand population. How many women women have contracted COVID in your district or in the clinic or area that you look after? We look after thirty thousand. Uh, we've had um, hundred and eleven positive for COVID so far. The tested testing that we've done, and uh, ten of them are the Delta variant. Uh, the age breakup, I can't give you in terms of age breakup, but from my ex experiences, it would be 50-50, you know, half of that would be women and half would be men. Is it easier for women to be receptive of the kind of awareness and information you and your health workers are sharing? Is, is there a difference between how men receive it and women receive it? Yeah, there, there, is, a, there is a big difference. From my experience in doing awareness, it's usually the women have more health-seeking behavior than, than the men folk because they, they run the house and they, they care for the children. So they, they want to listen when we, when we go more than the men. 
but taking the first step, like for Moravians, especially culturally, it's the men that are head of the family, so they make all the decisions. I can see that is the reason for other other provinces as well who have men as the head of the family. So that's why uh, when it comes to taking the vaccines, they have to ask their partners first permission before they come in for the vaccine. That's Sister Miriam K from Wimo Clinic in Lay. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. It's been so interesting hearing about how women in PNG have been dealing with the Delta outbreak and to all the misinformation about the vaccine. It's clear that women want what's best for ourselves, our families and our communities. But there's so much bad information circulating on social media that some people are finding it hard to tell what's true and what's not. The healthcare workers from PNG that you've heard from today have reminded us that vaccines are safe and effective and the best protection for getting very sick or dying of COVID. And the ordinary women you've heard from have made a decision to help themselves and their community. If you have heard or read things about the vaccine that you find confusing or scary, talk to a doctor and make sure you get your information about vaccines from a reliable source, not a stranger on Facebook. Good communication about our health is really important. So I'd like to finish with May's story. I got my first jab in May. And then I got the second jab in August. And why I got vaccinated was that I think it's because I've been following the media. I listen to the BBC radio channel that is aired all the time. And then I started following that COVID messaging when it first started in 2019. So I think for me, that was my awareness because I followed it earlier on. I I didn't get source from Papua New Guinea. I got it directly from BBC and then I followed other international pages where it gave me direct information and good information. So I wasn't second guessing. So I think because I got my information from reliable sources, I was able to make the decision for myself and also for my family. I think after I got that job, I felt this big sense of relief that I was finally protected from the from COVID that's literally killing people all around the world. So I feel great. And there's no side effects and everyone feels like they're protected and able to freely move around. Although we still follow the COVID measures, wear a face mask, sanitize your hands, social distancing. So it's, it's good. Isn't it amazing how face masks, sanitizers and social distancing have really become part of our everyday lives to keep us healthy? And in countries like Fiji and Palau, the same thing has happened with vaccine hesitancy. So hopefully PNG will also embrace the vaccines soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Hilda Wayne, for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues that are important to us. If you've missed an episode of the show, we're also a podcast. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in Australia, you can listen to Sisters Let's Talk on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. 
next time on Sisters Let's Talk, meet the women trailblazers in science, technology, engineering, and maths. This is one of the areas I, I, I have often struggled with, you know, not having women scientists around me as well or that I can actually look up to as well. Sometimes it's just hard for our young people to imagine where and what they can be when they don't really have a, an image of a, a woman that they want to aspire to become. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented by me, Hilda Wayne. It's produced by Amanda Donicky. Our supervising producer is Inga Stunzner. Executive producer is Justin Kelly. Our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. I'm Tasol Nabungimu next time.